Hello! Hello, hello everybody! Howdy listeners, what's, what's going on? I spent most of this week moving, and I have I am reaching new levels of exhaustion I didn't know were possible. Yeah, how how did how did that go? Cause like I haven't seen much much about it. I haven't been paying attention okay. to you like at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow, um, wow, they just say it. <laughs> uh, so I move. So like the process of moving for me was like a bit of a stressful nightmare. Uh, because I don't know if I've talked about this uh, while recording, because it was, but um, so it goes back to a couple of weeks ago when uh, me and my roommate, um, may may know him. He's Eduardo, my my good friend, our good friend. Um, we were looking at places to move into, and we found this place that we're currently in now. Um, and we decided to go look at the place. Um, and we decided we liked it. Uh, got the lease. Uh, all worked out. Applied to it, got the lease. All worked out. The weekend that um that we got the lease to sign my fucking phone stops charging and so i am like in the midst of the pro I'm, the I'm in the midst of getting a new place and i have no way to communicate with the outside world using a phone number um which is just i think that uh i it took like 10 years off my life just that weekend alone <laughs> um waiting for my new phone to ship and being in the in the process of leasing just <laughs> Fucking, if your phone is acting up, replace it before you have to lease a new place. Um, but once that got worked out, the it just kind of came down to the process of moving itself, which was pretty much, like, every two days I would have one of my friends drive me between my old place and my new place with a shitload of stuff I packed up from my old place. Um, and that was exhausting. Many trips to Ikea for furniture were involved. Much building of ikea furniture my hands still are sore um but yeah after blood sweat and tears after much blood sweat and tears um I, i'm more or less uh situated in the new place that's good how have you been um well i'm i don't know i'm kind of like rotting uh particularly because of like world circumstances uh in in in, in regards to a a particular virus that's going on right now yeah. um you know the united states is kind of kind of fumbling right now and i it's a very generous way to yeah put it. it's a very generous way of putting it uh you know it's 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 early august now it's the first of august and and i'm currently preparing to go into my senior year of college mm -hmm. but you know uh because of how how our country is handling things i you know i have to i have to move back onto campus uh i'm i'm apparently still going to be going to physical classes uh i don't like it i really don't like the the fact that i have to go back like at all that is unpleasant yeah um... uh i i would really like to like just not go but unfortunately yeah. uh my my education is being funded by like low income grants that require me to go for four consecutive years, so, so don't really have much of a choice. yeah I really don't have a choice. I, I I'm being held at gunpoint uh, to get educated. Oh uh, good good lord, uh, which I mean it's bad right now. Yeah, it, it's bad right now. Uh, I'm kind of holding out hope that like some of my professors will change their minds. Like uh. Two of my professors have already decided that they're just going to like do entirely online teaching, 
but uh, the others are, uh, it, it still has them listed as physical classes, so, I don't know. I don't know, man. The... <laughs> I feel like if you have to live on campus and then you go to online class, I feel like it's the worst of both worlds, because, like, you're still on a campus and kids are still gonna be fucking stupid and go to parties and expose each other. But you're stuck with online classes, and it's like, uh, cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ugh. I I I do not envy you. My heart goes out to you, my good, my dear friend. <laughs> so Thank you. Shout shout out coronavirus. <laughs> you, you just. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully there's hopefully there's some giant scare at your school, and they decide to call it off. Um. I hate that. I hate that I just said that, but like. It, <laughs> It's the best shot, honestly. I mean, conser- um, conservatives are, like, calling for the closure of my school right now because they're accusing it of being a Marxist uh, system school. It- I think you should I think you should go with that and uh, <laughs> <laughs> rally with that. Any Anything to get the school closed down. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, enough banter uh, before we have to talk about this horrible, horrible reading we have in front of us. Um... Do you want to just uh, get into it and how Equius is the worst? Yeah, ever? yeah. Let, let's get into that. This, this reading really did focus a lot on how much Equius sucks. It, <sighs> it's it's so loaded, just front to end. Just he's everything. He's like a sex abuser. He's like a a a, a porno creep. He's a Nazi. He's everything. It's just insane how much he crammed Hussey crammed into this one character. I I I tip my hat to Hussey. You 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 really you really put a lot of effort into making Equius unlikable. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I I think that I mentioned this on air last week. Um. But the the thing that I needed that I was I made it my goal to cover before we talked before we got to Equus uh, introduction page was. The room, the hussy, uh, like anthroporn reviews from way back, yes. and I did manage to find them. <laughs> so, in two thousand five, hussy posted a series of uh, posts on his on the Team Special Olympics blog, uh, where he would find like some really old, uh, like furry artist. Like, I don't even, this point, I don't know if furry is like a common term back then because he kept saying anthro, um. But, like, shit from, like, 1998 to, like, 2002. Like, really old stuff. Um, and there are only four remaining blog posts that I could find that were archived. I don't know if there are more than four. Um, but these four contain all of the art that is used, uh, that, uh, is used around Equius. Um, so I'm gonna assume it's all there was. Um, one of them, interestingly enough, uh, is not about pornography and is instead focusing on the artist profile of the the person who made the um, linebacker charging a flaming horse yeah, painting, yes. um, which is very important hussy lore. Um, I, I I was talking to a friend who was more knowledgeable about football than I, and he said, "Well, first off, that player is uh, Bill Romanowski, um, which means nothing to me, but apparently he was just a fucking crazy guy, uh, smashed some guy's skull." randomly, because uh, he blocked it. Like, a teammate skull randomly because he blocked him. Like, took his helmet off and just caved in his eye socket. So, crazy guy, Polish excellence. Um, the symbolism of the painting is unclear. Uh, even to the to the biggest football experts I know. The other three posts are exclusively focused on, like, 
furry, uh, like, hyper-muscle or, like, hyper-cock or, like, just insane shit. Um, and that's, those are the posts that all of the stuff that you see on Ecrisis, in Ecrisis' room is from. Man. Um, I want to give a specific, I don't want to think I should talk about it, I want to give a specific shout out to the one of them. The images, uh, if you look on the far left and the far right, the horses, um, that, like, you can't really tell from their use in Homestuck, but, like, those pictures just feature, like, flagrant, like, murder. Like, the horses are just, like, crushing people beneath their hooves in, like, bloody explosions. Man. And it, it is just insane to, like, one of the other pictures on the, on that post has, like, a, a reptilian furry, like, just impaling straight through a man's skull and making it, like, explode into blood with their spiked penis. And it's, it, 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 Yo? it's insane. <laughs> I, I, I was doing, uh, the, the reading and note-taking for this, like, last night, and, like, I spent, like, 45 minutes just looking at the Hussie blog posts, and at this point I was like, I need to drink before I can keep going, because this has exhausted all my stamina, I want to get this episode recorded tomorrow. Man. That's <laughs> yeah. a lot. So, it's, it's quite a lot. Um, I can post the, I guess I'll post the, the link to the blog posts, um, on Twitter, uh, flag them is extremely not safe for work as well, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a journey. Um, but anyway, enough blabbering about things that aren't actually the comic. Um, let's talk about Equius. Let's let let's well let's try to talk about Equius because I I don't like talking about him. <laughs> Me neither. Um, the introduction page, like thankfully, besides like the sheer visual intensity of it is like I, I don't think it's anything super it's a lot of words but it's not really anything amazing like we haven't seen before or like i mean like groundbreaking yeah it's like things you could have picked up on from like previous instances of him existing yeah um so he wants to join the arch eradicators which is like you know every all the trolls want to join some faction of society i guess that is that is it mostly involves killing people um, he's, like, freakishly strong, uh, which means that whenever he tries to practice archery, he breaks the bow, and that has kind of become, like, a fetish thing for him, uh, which is, again, so we got from, like, the conversation with the Peta earlier. Um, he's really into fine art, aka furry porn. Um, it's... <laughs> The, the way the way it talks about it is uh, is is like the fucking guy on Twitter who will defend like whatever horrible titty show he likes is <laughs> it's the best thing ever. Not quite the same thing, but like very it rings very similar. Yeah. Um. And basically everything makes him really mad. Uh, and the only way that he can express his anger is through staggering quantities of physical violence, which is like, you know, just keep adding things onto the Equius pile. It's like, I'd never, I, I hate this guy. He's freaking His entire out. personality is just like a pile of red flags. Yes, he's a person made of red flags. Um, his, his Lucis, uh, is like, uh, basically a human animal. Um... And he, Equius, like, I can't tell if Equius genuinely doesn't mean to hurt Arthur, or if it's suggesting that, like, he just 
takes his, his anger out on him sometimes, but, like, either way, you would, you would think that any, like, good wealth-meaning person would learn to stop doing the things that's hurting him. Yeah. I, I, th I think it is supposed to be seen as, like, it is completely accidental, because, like... But, like, <laughs> just stop, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so, so like, he, he he drinks Losa's milk, uh, because he thinks it makes him strong. It doesn't, he's just kind of a freak. Um, and, like, his, it, it, yeah, like, you see, like, first off, like, first off, like, it, it, when you see him, like, in person, is that him breaking things through his own strength accidentally is, like, uh, it, it, it's, it gets him all steamy. Uh, <laughs> which is just unreally... I don't know. <laughs> it's bad. It's 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 real bad. I don't know if it's bad in itself, but the way he handles it that we're going to see through his interactions with the other trolls is quite bad. Yeah. Um the first so uh the first uh conversation is um it, it it's the conversation he had before with Nepeta. Um skips over it. Um, but it, the narrative provides a little bit of commentary from his end, um, where he comments that, like, he, he, this is the right thing to do, uh, he doesn't want Nepeta to be hanging out with that team of quote-unquote degenerates with swill coursing through their veins, which is the point where I just wrote down, like, okay, he's also a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it okay, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it now, I, I, Throughout this reading, I felt exactly like how I did, uh, reading, uh, back in episode four, the puppets episode. Oh, fuck. I felt really uncomfortable. And I, okay, we've, we've, we've pointed out a few times before that, like, some of the trolls, like, mirror some qualities of the humans. Mm hmm And I think, I think Equius is supposed to mirror that, that weird puppet situation, except, like, more extreme. Yeah, Cause, cause, a lot more explicit. Because, like, there is another Dave parallel in the fact that, like, Dave uses half a sword, Equius uses half a bow. So, I think it is supposed to be, like, mirroring a more extreme version of the puppet situation. Interesting, interesting. Except that it's him Yeah, it's him it doing not, it. Like, yeah. yeah. Okay, we can put a pin in that. See if anything else comes up. I, that's interesting. I, never, I didn't really think about it. I, I I have seen people who ship Dave and Equius, and I always thought it was a weird. <laughs> yeah, calm, calm down, in. Calm down. It can't hurt you. It's Whoa. not real. <laughs> the the there is a reasonable amount of people who ship that, and like I never like saw it. Like I couldn't get a grasp on it. Mm -hmm. But like there is kind of like a mirroring situation going on, and like the it. It's notable for people in the fandom to be like, oh, these characters mirror each other, so I'm going to pair them up. I don't think Dave deserves Dave that. Dave doesn't deserve that. He, he really doesn't. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, the, only, the only thing on this page that is, like, worth taking note of, I think, is that, um, it, it says that in the... He he, he he plans to talk to Gamzee, um, and it's it, it makes note of that uh, 
he's your friend or maybe he's your enemy. Um, and that's kind of ambiguous because in, in troll language, the words for friend and enemy are the same. Yeah. Um, which is interesting, especially in the context of like, well, uh, how their romantic relationships work. We actually start seeing pretty early on, um, very soon. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, his conversation with Gamzee is bad. It it is the first in a pattern of very uncomfortable, equious, uh, dialogue. Um. <sighs> <laughs> and what Equius likes to do is like push the conversation in a direction where it kind it, it just gratifies him sexually. Yeah. Uh because he has this giant giant thing for authority and like power dynamic role well, play. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or, it's, I I th- it, it's specifically like an obsession with like the caste system that they exist in. Yeah. And Man. Um. Yeah, but it 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 seems like the the more prevalent pattern is that Equius really has a thing for like being like the 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 subservient one, like the one not in the position of power. Which is like, okay, I get it. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But like, don't just push your friends to indulge your fantasy when they probably are too stupid to know what's going on. Like that's really creepy. Yeah. It's it just not great, um, and, and like, yeah, I I don't I don't have the willpower to like pick through this with a fine tooth comb. I um, I think the most interesting part of of this conversation is towards the end where Equius starts to seem like he's a little confused by the caste system, uh. Uh, where where he starts talking about how people are supposed to be a certain way, but then they aren't that way, and it like he doesn't like it, and it's just like right. man, maybe maybe any kind of essentialism is not real. <laughs> maybe your society is kind of messed up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I that's an interesting. It is an interesting comment. Um, coming from like a place that's not interested in exploring it in a more interesting capacity, yeah. I guess. Because, yeah. like, it, it that, that isn't a, a, a good thread to follow through, is, like, how contrived is, like, the cast system control society. Um, which I which I think that the comic expands upon in, in, in some capacity. Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, but, but, like, it's coming from Equius, who's, like, just wants the world to be more, to just be more suited to getting him off. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, he also starts like hinting at his thing for Aradia, which is like, uh, don't no, I hate it. Real um, bad. It's it's really gross. Um, he like, uh, he he has this thing where he's like, oh, it's it's like so taboo for me to respect her or like give her any kind of um position of authority. Yeah. Uh and, and like it's made grosser by that he's like wink wink nudge nudging his friends at random about it. Yeah. <sighs> so many dimensions just how like creepy he is. Um I yeah, did did you miss anything else? In this, I, in I, I think we can move on from from this 
this page. Yeah, okay. Because we have to work through about a million of other of these. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So next after uh. Gamzee, um, uh, Vriska starts uh pestering Equius, and we get a little we get some a, a little bit of blue blood interaction here. Um, the the uh, on one hand, like hold on, let me back up for a second. Um. Essential, like the question of essentialism and uh, behavior based on caste is really interesting in the context of the comic, uh, it, which is. But another thing, interesting point against that, I guess, is that the blue bloods are kind of cast as being very similar, yeah. um, in their like private mannerisms, like it, it the like Vriska breaking the eight balls and Equus breaking the bows are kind of described with the very with like very similar sentences in their introductions um they're both uh obvi- like they're both obviously like scheming and they double cross people um so like there is i think meant to be this uh portrayal where the where blue bloods are very similar yeah uh in some essentialist way i guess which is I, 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 I'm just making note of it. Um, it's it's interesting, I guess. But yeah, so Equius and Aradia have their have an interaction here where um they talk about their plan to usurp power um and lead and lead the blue team, um as as it should be apparently. Uh, because like not only not only are blue bloods like very. Uh, are shown here to be like very uh, preoccupied with their own nobility, but they kind of resent the people who are above them in the caste system. With the clowns being the fucking clowns and this and sea dwellers, no, nobody seems to like sea dwellers. Yeah. Uh, so Vriska and Equius seem to have this uh, like idea that uh, they are fit to rule both because of their place in the caste system and just because they're. Uh, they 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 have like justified to themselves that they're better than the people above them in the caste system they care so much yeah. about. Which is a little like, I guess you could stretch that into saying it's like an interesting examination of like people who believe in like that kind of hierarchy and justifying their own place in it. But I don't think it's that deep at this point. Um, but after the pestilence itself, uh, it's yeah, it's about their plan to use power. Um. They promising each other that they won't double cross each other, um, which uh, they pretty much didn't. Which Equius like admits to himself, uh, immediately afterward that like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, and I expect her to do it too, because that's just kind of what we're like. Yeah. Um, and at this point, we get the reveal of what Equius's. Present to Vriska, present to Aradia is, which is a robotic body uh, for her. Um, and now Equius is being creepy again. Yeah, it's 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 immediately a lo- little sus, like right off the bat, because um, we we did get the 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 first reference to to how he feels about Aradia, but uh, the fact that like. He still has control over Vriska's arm. Yeah. It immediately raises like red flags about the robot. Yes. Um 
the, the other thing about the robot immediately is that uh, he made it uh, blue blooded. Yes. Um. So like, I don't. We've not quite gotten to the. I don't think that we've had any Aradia dialogue on royalty, but uh, Aradia is like not particularly Aradia is the lowest cast of uh of blood yes. um and so her feelings towards the whole thing and towards royalty are not immensely positive and it not only is it like creepy for him to do it to fulfill his fetish it's like just creepy it's like obviously he doesn't really care about her it's like uh it's entirely his own um fantasy fulfillment yeah um it and like the language here on twenty two twenty six, uh, where it says like, this is the one that like really freaked me out. Is like for the first time in your meaningless life, you have met a man with true compassion. Like what the fuck? Like I hate this guy. It it sucks so bad. I. <sighs> it's so hard to talk about him because like I really don't like him, and I I cannot recall like any redeeming qualities of him like at all. So it's just like a complete blast of man. This guy sucks. Yeah, it's not really like Riska where we want to get into what's making her tick here. Like this is, it's just gross. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't get like a like a like a like any kind of hint of like inner turmoil over it either. Besides, like, oh no, how how scandalous of me to be doing this thing to get myself off. Um, it's. Ugh. It's like just him being like sexually exploited. Yeah. Really uncomfortable. That that um, that that made me remember random shout out but but shout out shout out to the to the to the person that I saw on Tinder like a few weeks ago who described themselves as an Equius Kenny. What's going on? What's going on? I just want to talk. What What's go- where, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> You <laughs> get off Tinder, bro. The fuck is going on? Oh God. Um. Just, just to be, just to be more specific. Yes, listeners. I was on Tinder a few weeks ago. There was a person like in my county. Bad idea. Like literally in my county. I live in the middle of nowhere. I live in a small town. They were in my county, and that already Stop makes me uncomfortable. Tinder. Um. But but they had like a bunch of pictures of Equius and like one picture of themselves. And like it, they literally put in their bio that they were an Equius Kenny, and they they were like twenty one. What's going on? What mm. what happened? Man, uh, in the in the incident that this person finds themselves listening, like sort your shit out, <laughs> <laughs> please. Uh. Uh, let it let us push onwards let's let's get um, out of here <laughs> we gotta we gotta try to hop to whatever parts of this reading don't have equities <laughs> in it which is not a, not a lot of them um but yeah um in the midst of his whole uh song and dance with with the robot um he gets uh, he's consumed by a fit of rage by one of his robots uh, looking at him funny. At which point he punches it so hard, explodes, flies out the window, explodes um, again. 
larger and triggers Vriska's doomsday device that was ominously hanging between uh, their two hives. Um, so, so, something to point out is that it, it links to it, but the, 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 the doomsday device itself is a reference to one of the problems with bonus strips. Yeah, I, 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 I started to read like the extra page, but then like it just felt like I was getting into something that I didn't really want to get into. It's not that long. It, it's it's a pretty good joke. Um, but yeah, uh, the the Jimsy device fails, breaks, and pff, triggers a uh a, a, a collapse. Um, which causes Vriska's Lusus to be uh trapped in an uh, like an avalanche. Um. The it also kills Arthur, unfortunately. Um, rest in poor, peace. Poor Arthur. Poor Arthur. He. <laughs> this is like this is like almost merciful. Yeah. Um. <laughs> he'll he'll get to be a sprite, and he can't be uh abused anymore. Physically, anyway. Um. Anyway, uh, after this, we get into one of the more uh, actually engaging and intriguing parts of the reading, which is we get a conversation between uh, Vriska and Terezi um, with some drama and some intrigue in it. Oh, yeah. B- big what, drama, big intrigue. I'll let, I'll let you run this one. I'll, uh, I'll let you run this one because you're the... You're, this, this is your wheelhouse. All right. So, so Vriska reaches out to Terezi... Uh, and immediately starts talking about a truce. Uh, uh, Vriska, Vriska implies that the truce is about playing games together, but uh, Terezi immediately corrects her and says that it wasn't about playing games, it was about not stabbing each other in the back uh, and, and stopping the endless cycle of revenge. Uh, which is, man, every time they allude to it, I'm like, just get to it. Just, just show it. <laughs> Just show the revenge. Um, let's see. Uh, Vriska talks about... Uh, man, my notes suck. <laughs> I, when, I, when, when we get to Vriska parts, I need to like write like really good notes. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just keep, gonna keep calling on you. I, yeah, I can, uh, I can, I can pick up. Um... Yeah, they talk about how, um, or Terezi talks about how, uh, she doesn't appreciate that, uh, Riska lied about their whole, um, gaming deal and how the, their deal initially, as Terezi understood it, was to get bad guys and, uh, feed them to Riska's losses, whereas Riska kind of went a little bit above and beyond on that and just started getting anybody. Yeah. Um, and how, and probably mostly alluding to the flap incident, um, with the whole gaming session and how Vriska fucked that up. Um, there's this whole sequence of it where Vriska obviously is, uh, very, um, perturbed by, uh, Terezi's superior manipulation skills without any fancy powers. Um, and is obviously, like, jealous of Terezi's ability to play with people. Yeah. Um, 
we're and Teresi throughout this whole exchange has a very like low tolerance for Briscoe's bullshit, um, and kind of goes between either calling her on her shit or um just ignoring it or like not really giving it any room. Um, and it's it's it, it kind of gives you the impression that Teresi just kind of wants to move on uh beyond uh Vriska. yes um because she so she really just shows no sympathy for anything that Vriska brings to the table here um including at the end where uh Vriska talks about her lust dying um and then just at the end trying to get cru- tr- trying to get burned or crushed to death or anything that would be awful in a very sarcastic manner yeah. um Teresi also uh comments and about how bad she feels for Aradia and how tragic it is that whatever Vriska did to her kind of broke her in the way that we see it. Yeah. Um, which is another, uh, a, an, another, uh, Terezi is now on the list of trolls that have shown, like, re- like, empathy and remorse for others of their kind. Um, so, good for her, I guess. But, yeah, there's a, this is a pretty loaded conversation because it, it, it gives us more of the context for the relationship between these two, which is a, one of the most important uh, risk of relationships, I think. Yeah. Uh, one, of, one of the parts uh, that I think is most interesting is about, like, their uh, their history with FLARP and the 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 part where uh, Terezi specifically says that, like, she only killed quote-unquote bad guys. And mm-hmm. I... I wonder a lot about the context of the word bad guys because um Flarp, you know, it's a game. And it's yeah. a, it's specifically a role-playing game where you role play as someone you are not. And mm-hmm. it makes me wonder if the the people that Terezi saw as bad guys were like actually bad people that they were like luring into the game or if it was just like all in character, and Terezi was just helping kill people that had bad guy characters? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, kind of dimension to it. Um, it, it. I don't think that the former is too unbelievable, considering like how, I mean, we could probably consider Vriska a bad guy at this point by any objective measure. Yeah. Um, but, like, so many trolls are just, like, psychos that it's not... I don't think it's too unbelievable that Terezi could actually just be luring in people who she per- who probably have some justified uh, reason to be marked as a bad guy. Yeah. But um, it, it, it kind of brings into question, like, what counts as being a bad guy on Alternia? Because... Right. It kind of covered in uh in her introduction pages that like on Alternia like the justice system is like complete completely skewed like there is no yeah. defense on Alternia like what what constitutes bad people and like bad things on a planet that is inherently bad yeah yeah, and I, I don't know if this is, like, ever, like, wandered into more, because, unfortunately, like, all of the trolls who are not, like, any troll who's not, like, the main 12 is, like, almost completely faceless. Yeah. 
um, it, like, include, like, right up until you get to, like, the ancestor characters, um, there's, like, really not any explanation of their, like, these characters' interactions with society outside of the group of friends that we see. Yeah. Which I think is kind of unfortunate, um, that there's, like, no background characters in this comic, or, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, another thing that I find interesting about this page is, uh, Riska's assertion that basically killers never change, a killer will always be a killer. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like this is more alluding to the situation that happened with Terezi and John. And, uh, you know. But that hasn't happened. I know, but, like, Vriska is saying that, like, you're going to end up getting someone killed again, regardless of, like, how you feel about yourself and whether you think you do it again or not. Mm -hmm. But in the yeah, in the end, we yeah. see that Terezi does get, like, an alternate timeline John killed, and she's, like, told to her face that, like, you got John killed by Dave Sprite. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of makes me wonder, like, how exactly she does feel about them. Because she, she did say she feels bad, but, like, in the end, like, Vriska was right about her. Yeah. Um... Food for thought. Maybe not, maybe... <laughs> Yeah, and, 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 and on the other hand, though the 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 Act Four incident with uh, Doom, Doom timeline was not the only was not the end of Trezzy as a character. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's that is an interesting like how that's already kind of paid off on that Trezzy was right about Trezzy in some way. Um, especially because like uh, yeah, because especially because the whole thi thing was Trezzy like just manipulating a very easily manipulated person into doing something very stupid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't think I have anything else on, on this page. To, so we could, I, I guess we can keep yeah. going. Yeah, interesting, interesting stuff. Um, and, and speaking of the whole Flarp thing, uh, what happens next is we get a continuation of the of the same string of the same flashback that we got before, um, shortly after Tabris has fallen. Um, so Aradia and Terezi both pre pre accident. Terezi here has her eyes, and it's a very unsettling image. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seeing seeing her without like her blind eyes is like I don't know feels wrong it's very unsettling um and arati is obviously still in her kind of like bubbly or not like bu not bubbly here obviously but like her more emotive uh speech patterns um and this is kind of where, where i was talking about where like uh it, it opens up like very directly with like um them talking about blue bloods and like how much arati hates them yeah um, and how just turned off she is by the idea of collaborating with Equius, especially. Um, it, it, so, what happens here is, um, Aradian, Terezi, uh, kind of, they talk about Tabris' injury, um, 
and Aradia uh decides to try to fuck with Riska um against Terezi's uh advice. Um it, Terezi also says, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much done with her. Um like this this shit that Riska has pulled has actually has this this is the end of their gaming days. This is the this is the incident, if it wasn't clear. Yes. Um they they allude more to uh Riska's friend as well, just kinda standing there. Um So there's that. Um, but yeah. Uh the flashback continues. Um Aradia uses her like ghost powers to make the 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 spirits of the dead that Vriska has fed her Lusus um haunt her. Uh at which point Vriska receives a message from her mysterious uh from the white text. Uh which this is this this is another interesting conversation um that kind of I don't want to say like uh absolves Riska but it is more of like okay she's being she's a very easily manipulated person and she is being pushed to do the worst thing. Yes. Here. And it it, it um, and it it also gives some insight onto like how she feels about the people around her and the like she doesn't just like hate everyone and wants to man- manipulate them all the time. Like... Yeah. So, m- m- <laughs> Mr. White Text, he he suggests killing Aradia, just like right off the bat, just to get rid of the ghosts. Yeah. Um, and... R- Riska doesn't really want to, but... M- Mr. White Text is like, you're gonna do it anyway, regardless. Which is yeah. a very, which is what we call a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. It. Um. Man. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say that I I read this and I was like, I'm going to guess that like at some point in 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 Vriscourse, people will bring up that like, like Doc Scratch said that spoilers said that uh, Risk was going to kill people anyway, and it's like, uh. I, I'm doing the thing where, like, I make up a person and get mad at them, but it seems like a very easy talking point to argue, uh, if you wanted to argue that, uh, that, that Friska is, like, bad. Um, but, like, it, it's so transparent here that's what's happening. is like, whether or not it was going to happen or not, it was only going to happen because Doc Scratch is, like, e- egging her on to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, like, it, it is such a self-fulfilling prophecy that Friska would go out of her way to hurt people when... Somebody who is so under her skin is just telling her to do it. Already. I, I, I don't know. Um, and, and in these conversations also, like, Riska really kind of, like, really get, gets the facade ripped off a lot. Yeah. Um, part of, part of which being, like, the white text guy, uh, saying things that are dubiously true to fuck with her and then just part like how viscerally she reacts to it and how much it gets to her yeah which i think is a bigger hint at what she at what the what he actually says straight up yeah um and the the, the end game of this is that uh is that Vriska 
decides to go through with it and kill Aradia. Yeah. Um. Um. It. It. It really makes you wonder, like, what past conversations between this guy and Riska have been like, because she she says that he wanted Tavros dead, mm-hmm. and I mean she didn't kill Tavros, but she Came pretty she close. got pretty close. But like. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> like, I, I don't, like, this is a little bit, like, this and the Tavros thing are, like, different. You know, like, because the Tavros thing, there was no clear motivation for why she would do that. Yeah. Um, Besides just being horrible. Um, So I would be interested to see, yeah, like, what uh the white text guy did to provoke her into doing that. Where I push her into doing that. Um, but here it's like a revenge thing. And it's like a, a very petty revenge thing, but th- there is like an inciting incident. Yeah. Um Yeah. And But the uh in go. regards to what I said earlier about like how she feels about the people around her, uh her referring to her friends question mark as off limits people Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of shows that she kind of cares about them in, like, her own Vriska yeah. way. Yeah, like, she doesn't just indiscriminately want to hurt people. Yeah. Um, like, I guess, like, if you want to argue how much she actually cares about them personally, then you could you could have that conversation, but, like, they're... She doesn't, like, there, there is something there that's stopping her from just wanting to indiscriminately hurt. Uh, the people that she plays games yeah. with. Yeah. Like, if... If she saw her friends the same way that she sees as the the uh, the people that she flarps with and feeds to her losses, mm-hmm. um, I don't think she would have crippled Tavro. She would have fed him to to the spider. I don't think she would yeah. have killed Aradia the way she kills Aradia. She would have fed her to the spider. The, yeah. Like... It, it's very obvious that, like, she sees them differently and, like, wants to keep them around question mark. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're, uh, at least um, there's a more personal dimension to the way that she decides to deal with yeah. them. Because um, the way that she kills Arati is really, really cruel, which is that she mind... She can't mind control Arati because Arati is also a powerful telekinetic and can't really be fucked with in that way, but um, Riska does manipulate Solix into uh, killing her, which is just really cruel. Yeah. Um, very horrible. Um, bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I-, I don't think that, uh, like, or Riska isn't any meaningful or responsible for, like, Aradia becoming a ghost. Um, I, that's probably just some weird Aradia thing. Yeah. What happened. Um, but, like, yeah, the, making, uh, want, like, her best friend, uh, kill her is, like, an incredibly cruel and personal way to deal with somebody. And while it's not something to do with a friend, it is, it, it, there is personal intent behind yeah. it. Yeah. 
is just what I'm getting at. Um, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. Um, what are the implications of Riska speaking Italian? Um, saying Arrivederci. Uh, she, 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 she read part five of JoJo and was a really big fan. Wap Vriska. <laughs> Wap Vriska. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. What do you? Wh- but yes. What do you? What do you what? think Vriska's favorite Italian dish is? Um. I don't. That sounded like it was a setup know. for a joke. I'm just. Listeners, if you have a good punchline to that joke, uh, tweet at us at AHPcast. If it if it doesn't make me laugh, uh, you're you're, you're blocked. getting blocked by the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, so there's our flarp flashback. Um, the, the 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 cycle of revenge, as as referred to by Tracy earlier, is now becoming more clear. Um, but yeah, so we get through our we get through our flarp flashback. Um, and now we we get to see the white text guy, uh, Doc Scratch. Finally, we um, we, we get, can stop saying white text guy. <laughs> <laughs> like we didn't already stop. Uh and we had some we had some some shit dumped on oh, us yeah. real quick here. Um more lore. Awesome. Uh This is Doc Scratch, uh officer of Lord English, um member of the Felt, I suppose. Was he listed in the Felt members in the intermission? It's been so long. Um There was a there was like a question mark at the top of the Felt page that could be interpreted as either Lord English or Doc Scratch, but, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was named. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, he is an officer of Lord English. Um, his job is to set the universe up for the arrival of his master. Um, and he is also an, what is a new concept that is known as a first guardian, which is uh, something that every planet with intelligent life has... Um, that whose job is to orchestrate the planet's ultimate purpose. Um, he's kind of flipping out in this uh, radioactive green way that we've seen uh, Beck do previously. So between that and the detail that follows, which is that all uh, First Guardians share a specific genetic sequence that makes them what they are, that is, it's Hussey's pointing to Beck and he's like, hey, remember that? Yeah. And I mean, like, color scheme as well, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, pure yeah. white with the green... Yeah, it's 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 not subtle. Um, what else, what else he's doing? He's been playing Vriska in, in 3D chess. Um, she's been getting closer to winning, and he does not know how, uh, because being omniscient, he should be able to, like, you know, beat her every time. Yeah. Which he has, but she's getting closer, which is upsetting. Um, his, uh, his, his standing around is, is interrupted by getting a message from Terezi on his typewriter, uh, comes in with a deal, which is that if he helps her get revenge, uh, she will tell him how Riska's been winning, or getting closer to winning the games. Um... Uh, I don't know if there's anything particularly interesting in the special log. Did you tell me anything on it? 
not really. Just that, like, Solix helped get in touch with Doc Scratch. Like, uh, Solix is smart. Yeah, Solix smart. Like, that's it. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. But uh, Terezi then talks to Briska. Uh, presumably looking for a way, like looking for any reason to not go through with her plan. Yeah. Um. She's not given one. Uh, Riska is just very sarcastic and mean about it. And, uh, like, self-deprecating about it, which is, like, not not the best place to do that routine. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, Terezi's not given a reason to not go through with it. Um, and... Signs off. Um... At this point, we uh, Riska decides to consult uh, her magic cue ball um, to to get answers on how possibly she could be her revenge could be coming. Um, turns out that the magic cue ball is an artifact belonging to Doc Scratch that it was plundered from some ancient crypt long ago, uh, and Terezi's plan was just to tell Doc Scratch uh, that she has it. Um, get a big epilepsy warning and then uh in in a fit of rage doc scratch makes the cue ball explode which uh severely injures riska then leaves her minus an eye and minus an arm well minus seven eyes and minus an arm minus seven eyes in one eye socket (laughs) i've never really given much consideration to the anatomy of riska's left (laughs) eyes uh, and I think it's one of those things that's probably better left in a cartoony art style. Yeah. But yeah, so there, there is our backstory on how, uh, on, on what happened between Terezi and Vriska. Uh, it's not done yet though, because Terezi is, can still see. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's how Vriska got those scars. Yeah. And, uh, something about this bit, uh, kind of throws into question, uh, Jade? Jade is in possession of a magic cue ball as well, and it... Yeah. It, it kind of, like, throws in the question, like, how that ended up on Earth. Put a pin in that. I don't know if that's ever gonna get yeah. resolved. <laughs> I I feel like the magic cue ball wouldn't have been there if there wasn't... If, 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 if Hussey did not have some plan in mind to show how it got there if it if it becomes significant at this point. Yeah. Especially because back I, back when Jade had it, it specifically notes, like, it's always correct, but you just can't see yeah. it. So, like, it, it, it's, the, it's the same thing. Um... But yeah, uh, we, we go back to current... Cur- uh... current time. Um, we see Equus Morning, Arthur, um, and we see... Uh, Vriska's Lucis, uh, struggling to hold on to life. Um, Vriska rolls her dice to execute the Lucis, uh, beheads it, gets absolutely splashed with a wave of blue spider blood. Um. Uh, something, something to note about this bit. It's, it's another instance of, here's why Vriska's different. Um. Her her having to like personally execute her Lusus, uh if I 
I, I, I think I'm remembering correctly, but, like, she's the only one that has to do that, right? I think All, so. Everyone think else so. has just kind of died of, like, circumstance. Being in the wrong place yeah, at the wrong time. Probably the closest thing would be Solux, and that was an unfortunate accident. Yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vriska, Vriska is different. Um... Yeah, the, the this causes the the hill that Equus's house is on the hives on to collapse. Um uh shortly before it can kill her by falling on her, it is telp- is yanked into the medium uh by a by a portal. Um which prompts uh Riska to furiously message Aradia about why she's not dead. Um and this is another one of those instances where like Vriska gets some some emotional depth. Uh, she's really, really upset here. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Bless you. Man, don't bless me for my burps. What? Come on. What? <sighs> Sorry, fuck you. Um, this buster log is, like... I... Uh, I didn't go through it, like, line by line, picking it, like, what's interesting, but I think that, like, the general gist of the, uh, that I, uh, found engaging here was, this is, like, an instance of, like, Vriska very obviously being, like, violently depressed, um, because she expressed, like, her suicidal tendency, like, what, like, she wants both for the plan, like, this, both has ruined the plan because Equus is in the game and she's not, and so she couldn't get the gift delivered to her, delivered to Aradia, um, but also just that, like, by Aradia, uh, bringing Equus into the game at that point, it, like, it, she was not killed by, by incident. Yeah. Um, which is, like, <sighs> Riska is very, Riska's suicidal depression is really showing here. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's upsetting. Yeah, it, um, there's a really big like, man. Vriska really doesn't have a grip on like her yeah. her emotions right now, because there like she brings up so many things that are like, cause like, uh, her plan is not going to plan. Uh, she's not able to like get the robot to a radio like she wanted to, and mm-hmm. she was under the impression that like this this gift would like fix everything and make it okay. Yeah. What? Or something, something to that yeah. extent. Yeah. Um, and, like, and she's, even just being further riled up and infuriated by that Aradia in her current state is just not giving her the response that she wants. Like, she, she doesn't even have anything to bounce off of because Aradia is so apathetic. Yeah, and Vriska's, like, very obviously someone who, like, thrives off of the responses of people. Oh, Yes. And it just leads her into, like, further, just a downward spiral throughout this entire conversation. Um, Yeah, it's... It's bad to watch. It's... It's sad. Yeah, like... Like, Vriska just kind of wants to die, it seems like. Or, like, she doesn't know what she wants, she just wants things to not be going the way they're going. And the only, like... The only way she, needs to, she knows how to deal with this is just to externalize it and take it on other people. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Uh, and now, like, the, and now, uh, gotta go back to Aquia's. Horrible. Nightmare. Unfortunate. Um, I, <laughs> so, Aquia's and Aradia more specifically, and, like, uh, <laughs> I love Aradia, she doesn't deserve this, this is horrible. Um, but I have to power through it, uh. So, I this this whole this whole page on my notes I just wrote at the top of it just in big letters UG. Yeah, yeah. Um, so as opposed to Vriska, who really loathes how complacent Aradia is, Equius is really into it. Um, he's kind of doing what he did with Gamsey, uh, where uh he like he's making it about the whole class dynamic, um. As Aradia just kind of sits in his complacent and it's just kind of like you know whatever that's okay, um, he's getting more and more horny for her just kind of passively accepting his orders, um, until uh she explains to him how a server and a client works, at which point he switches to being horny for the taboo of not being catered to uh, by someone who's of lower class than him. Um and it's just bad. You just can't win with this guy. He everything just gets him off, and it's it sucks. <sighs> Sometimes you gotta laugh or cry, and you know what? God, just fuck. Um. Yeah, like Aradia like suggests like break something um you know i've i've found enjoyment in doing it recently um uh Equus just keeps getting turned on um the, the Aradia throws a tub through his door through his wall um so something to note about the tub um <laughs> We we get another insight into into troll society and the fact that high bloods refer to things differently than low bloods do, because Aradia refers to the tub as an ablution trap. <laughs> I didn't look up the meaning of these words, um, but it, it 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 probably means liquid. I don't know, whatever. Ablution is defined as the act of washing oneself. Okay. And I guess the trap is that it traps water inside of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. W- whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> fucking. Uh. <sighs> I don't. Have it's any- gonna be okay, <laughs> Aiden. We're gonna make it through this together. It's fine. <laughs> it's just like I don't even like. Obviously bias, I love Aradia, but, like, this is just gross. Like, even more so than the Gamzee thing, where Gamzee is just, like, is, like, he's stoned, he's fried out of his mind all the time, and so he, like, do- he probably doesn't get when Equius is, like, taking advantage of him to get off. Like, Aradia right now is dead, and is also, like, part game construct, and so she has, like, no control over the things that Equius is using is like just 
encouraging her to do to get himself off. It's so disgusting. Yeah, it, it's bad. Um, uh, the, the gist of this part is Aradia is is now the, the quote-unquote secret leader of of the team, and Equius mm-hmm. is the quote-unquote leader. That's it. That's that's what we get out of this. We get <laughs> yeah. Equus has like worked himself up into being so horny that he gives her a leadership position. Um, out of out of like jacking off about it. Yeah. Um. So I I guess good for her. Um, and then Equus rolls out. He's he's on the run. He's he's going to get to her to, to get her that robot. Yeah. Uh. Equus. Uh. Speed runs through the first through to the to his second gate, uh, and drops into Aradia's world. Um, he he delivers uh the present to her. Um, Aradia enters the Soulbot, uh, and and this is like just the most like this is the apex of the whole thing, yeah. which is just horrible. Which is that Equius has programmed the robot to be attracted to him. Horrible. Which it, it, which is like, jeez, like, I think that it's implied that like Arati having a body again, uh, has kind of restored her to her former self more so. Yeah. Um, but even in new life, like, Equius is just taking advantage of her and like making like, pushing her to do things that she can't help to do. Um, Aradia is like revolted by this. Like, she has. Probably the most visceral reaction to anything we've seen any of these co- characters in this comic have so far, besides maybe the last freakout we just saw Riska have. Yeah. Um, and starts doing extreme violence, uh, going so far as just rip her own heart out of her, the, the, the robot's chest and just destroy it. Um, and just start beating the shit out of her before she uh, succumbs to the, uh, to, to what he programmed to do it, and she kisses him. Which is this? Uh, stop! It's bad. It's really Again, gross. Equius Kinney on Tinder. If you're listening, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? <laughs> Please reconsider. <laughs> um. Uh. Yeah. Uh. It's. Uh, it's bad. Uh, okay. Uh, Equius is okay. bad. I I want to talk about Equius defenders right now. <laughs> I uh, what about them? Gamzee defenders, I can see it. I can understand. You can you can ignore all the signs and like point to like the excuses that exist. Like okay. Drug, Drug abuse. abuse. Fine. That's a real problem. Yes. Equius defenders? Where where where, where 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 there's nothing. He like he has this obsession with uh, the fucking, like, cl- like, I, I, <laughs> I don't remember, okay, I'm not an expert on fucking Indigo Blood, uh, lore, um, but, like, he has a, a an unnatural, an unusual obsession with, like, th- with, with caste society, and, like, fucking being a Nazi. Yeah. Um, he's more, I don't, I, uh, I was gonna say he's more manipulative than anyone else we've seen, which that's not true because you know, Vriska has like you know killed people. Yeah. Um, and, and this is not killing somebody. Uh, but it is like very 
targeted and personal manipulation to somebody to get yourself off, which yeah. is also extremely bad. Um, and he doesn't have anything to justify him doing it besides that he is horny. Yeah. And I, um, I, I just want to say, Equus Defenders, if you're out there, this isn't me, like, dunking on you and, like, trying to make you go away. Explain to I me. I am. No, I want them to explain to me. If you want to, like, like email uh, – our email is a homestuckpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to email us like an essay on like why you think Equius is good and is defendable, send it. I I'm willing to listen just to see what's going on in your mind. <laughs> yeah, maybe this changes down the line. Um, because you know there's still fucking like five thousand, six thousand pages of this comic left to go. But like, <laughs> I might I might be forgetting something, but as I remember, Equius is one of those characters who really doesn't get a lot of spotlight time. And what I do remember is that every time he's in the spotlight, it sucks. So yeah, and the, the pattern has been true so far. Um, this is the strongest Equius establishing. I think that we've just gone through all the Equius establishing stuff, like the most the most time it gets in the spotlight. And man, oh man, that was bad. Pain. I feel it right now. And, um, unfortunately, Nepeta sees all this go down. Poor, poor sweet Nepeta. Nepeta doesn't deserve to see it. <laughs> um, she's confused by this development. Um, understandably so. And this is where we are introduced to one of the more cursed abstractions in the comic, which is the shipping wall. Man. I, okay. I, I got a little more, like, Homestuck Minecraft server lore. Uh, as as I've spoken on before, listeners, I was on a Minecraft server called Bucketstuck roleplay server. Um, yes, we had a shipping wall, and it was weird because like all the ships that were on there were like ships between like the roleplay version of the character that existed on the server. Mm-hmm. Like, there there were people who would, like, watch other people roleplay and be like, yes, I want to ship these two people who are roleplaying, like, as their characters. Like, it's not, like, it's not shipping, like, the versions that exist in the comic. It's, it was, it was specifically the versions that existed on Bucket Stug. And there were the occasional signs that were, like, shipping between real people, and that was, that was a little weird. Mm-hmm. That was a little sus. Um... Man. Yeah, pretty standard. That's pretty. I think that's pretty standard stuff. For like, if you were a stupid kid and you were into Homestuck, you saw it. Like, that was, that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was pretty um, normal on our server to like go to the shipping wall and see like player usernames and not character names, and everyone was just okay with it. But look, but looking yeah. back on it, it's kind of weird. Definitely weird. Uh, one of those like little ways where it's like you know I don't think that was specifically super damaging to me or yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, but like. I'm sure that there was some kid out there who got messed yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Uh, because that's stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, not going to dwell on the shipping wall presently because we have a much longer explanation of troll romance um, that we've not yet seen that then we can get into all the nitty gritty of how people thought that and that doing the things in the society where everyone hates each other and wants to murder each other, yeah. it was a good and healthy thing for teenagers to do. Not going to talk about that today, but 
Soon, yeah. Spe- speaking Soon. of troll romance, the, this page specifically is like our first like allusion to it, because uh, mm-hmm. we don't just see hearts on the shipping wall; we see diamonds. Yeah, uh, keeping in line with the whole theme of card suits and what yes. have you. Um, something, something that struck me as uh, funny about this page, um, it, it, in context of like the. Uh, of just in general, I think that every pairing here is between uh, a boy and a girl. Yeah. <laughs> um. Besides, uh, the Karkat and Gamzee. Uh, I'm not even gonna try to pronounce that word today. Uh, on the top right. Um, which is 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 just funny to me because it's 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 fandom shipping. No one no one does straight pairings. Yeah. Uh, I mean. <laughs> we we got we got uh we got catnip on 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 this this page and that was a big one that, is, that was a big one back in the is, day that really that is aged um and you know maybe we'll talk about it if Carcat and Nepeta ever talk again I don't know if they will <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um let's just move on from this because we will have oh so many opportunities to talk about it more later I don't want I don't want to uh start to oh wait dig on our expert or wait wait, wait 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 top uh-oh. Top left corner. Is um, is that Terezi on the left? Because there's no pupils. And it looks like it's filled in red. Uh, I thought it looked like... I... Fucking I need to zoom in more Enhance. on Enhance. Computer enhance. Enhance. Um, the symbol on... The, I thought that it was Carcat. Uh, because the, the hair looks like... The little bit of hair we see looks like Carcat. Um, and the, the symbol that we, the, 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 the like, five pixels of the symbol we see do not look like the Okay, Libra yeah, symbol. you're right. Um. Dang, I thought, I thought we got some, some Vris Resi rep on the page, but never mind. <laughs> not quite. But, yeah, um, anyway, moving on. Uh, that'll make for a more interesting episode later down the line. Um, so, I think that we are now blessedly done with Equi's content for the day. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, but now we have to deal with Carcat explaining troll relationships on the next page. Oh, yeah, but that's awesome! I, I mean, it's awesome, but man, Carcat loves to talk. Carcat does love the sound of his own voice. Uh, even though Carcat is still an asshole, I am warming up more to asshole Carcat. Yeah. Um, he is very funny to read. Um... And the Karkat and Vriska conversations are also fun to read because Karkat is so adept at getting to Vriska. Yeah. Uh, but man, oh man, does he... Does, does Hussy monologue about the world building, about world building on this page? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Karkat uh, messages Vriska to try to recruit her onto the red team. Um... Starts out with an apology, then finds out that because Vriska's been kicked off the the blue team, he doesn't need to apologize, and he rejoices in that uh, he can just kind of, that Vriska has to grovel at his feet to join the team, which is which is which is funny. Yeah. Um, I feel a little bit bad because Vriska's obviously really really upset right now, um, but like you know what? I think Carcat's earned it a little bit. It's 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 funny. Um, Riska is kind of responsible for debilitating injuries to several members of Karkat's team, so you know what? He's earned it. Um, one of the things in here that I thought was 
that I kind of took note of was like it's kind of hard to tell when Vriska is like being is in genuine dis- distress. Yeah. Um, and the one th- like the one thing that like really like set that off to me here is like she pulls the Lessus card, um, where she's like she says, "I was just betrayed and abandoned by my two accomplices and best pals." Um, which I I I think that calling Equius and Aradia her best pals is probably a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, although, I don't know how, how many, like, people she has, like, who are really on her side at this point, so, I mean, that might be true. Um, but, and, on top of that, I am soaked in the blood of my losses, which I just had to decapitate myself. Which, given that Vriska's relationship with her losses is not really that, uh, sentimental, I, that seems to me like she's just pulling the losses card, so to speak. Yeah. Um, because immediately Carcat is like, well, you can just dump her carcass in the kernel and bring her back, and she does not respond joyously to that. Uh, so yeah. Um, and then, uh, Carcat, uh, tells her that he, she has to connect to Tavros to get in the session. Um, she responds poorly to this because she hates him. Uh, which prompts Carcat to launch into explaining how <laughs> troll hate romance works. Should, should uh, we cover this now? Like, should we actually, like, talk about it? I mean, it's it? here. I mean, it's here, but, like, next reading we're actually gonna get, like, the lore dump on, like, all the other relationships. I mean, we don't have to... We can we can talk about what we have here, yeah. I guess. Um, but, yeah, Carcat like, drops the the topic of uh, having a kismesis, which is, I a, a hate relationship. <laughs> it's it, he black. It, he describes it as black romance, um, and he kind of armchair analyzes both Vriska and Tavros. So he explains that the two primary emotions that trolls feel are hate and pity, um, which I. Uh, I, I'm gonna take this with a grain of salt because I, I, I think that we've we've seen interactions between trolls that show that you know maybe this is a uh, maybe this is a bit of bourgeois propaganda because the the lower class trolls are clearly capable of having a bit more of an emotional spectrum yeah. or more willing to sh- show it. Um, but they have this social idea of there's two emotions are hate and pity, um, and uh. Pity being the toned-down version of the central emotion, which is hate. Um, and when two people hate each other really intensely, and their hate is pure, they have a form of romance between them. Um, listeners, we will we will talk about this more next time, but I want you to, every time we talk about troll romance, I want you to keep in mind that it became a big thing to try to describe your relationship with real people in real life when you were a teenager in these terms. Hey. <laughs> and in some extreme cases, try to pursue it. Keep that in mind. 2012 was a bad time. Hey, hey yo, listeners, if, if you were one of the, 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 the people in, like, 2012, 2013 who who had a, a quote-unquote kismesis like I did, hit me up. We could talk about our troubles. Good. <laughs> Christ, Christ Almighty, um, but yeah, Carter kind of ex- kind of just sets that up to do some analysis on Riska and Tavros, um, where he he hypothesizes that uh, Riska 
hates everybody to the extent that she has kind of dulled her capacity to hate. Um, that, uh, she is so spiteful and so hateful towards everybody in her life that she no longer has the capacity to actually muster up the amount of pure hatred towards one person to have, like, a meaningful relationship with them on that basis. Whereas Tavros, uh, is the opposite, where, like, he's so... His, his, his regards to everyone is so passive that he no longer can, uh, like, he, he just has no capacity for, like, like, pure hatred anymore. Um, I, I, I don't think that this is really getting to Vriska so much that she might actually be being bored by it. I can't really tell, um whether her turning tuning him out is because she he was starting to like actually get on her skin just because it was boring probably um, both a little bit of both yeah it could could be um and then uh we get the bit that this is just kind of comes from Carcat's uh tendency to enjoy crappy rom-coms <laughs> um and then defend them as high art which is entertaining Um, and then the, the whole, uh, uh, do you have any more, do you have any comments on the whole thing? Uh, no. <laughs> I will save my comments um, on the concept of having a kismesis for next episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's, that, that's, 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 that's your hook listeners. Um, but yeah, Karkat then segues into talking about Jack, uh, and their sessions to Jack. Um. Uh, he didn't need risk in the session to connect to Tavros specifically, but just because he needed risk in the session because he needs her mind powers. Um, so yeah, Karkat has encountered Jack. Um, and this is basically just kind of a fulfillment setup thing for what Karkat told the kids earlier about uh, Jack and their session. Where, so he encounters Jack, um, Jack has stabbed him because that's the only way he knows how to greet people, which I, I think is a pretty funny detail. Yeah. Um, but, uh, Karkat has discovered Jack's, um, just, uh, hatred for authority and is, is working with him to, or wants to work with him to usurp the, the Black Queen. Um... We see, like, a flashback of Jack and Karkat meeting, where uh, Jack stabs Karkat, and Karkat's blood is a is a mystery color um, for a couple short pages. Uh, Karkat is really... When he's stabbed, he's not concerned so much about being stabbed so much as he is that nobody knows about what color his blood is, which is uh, pretty drastic that, like, uh, he's just been stabbed in his concern, and, and that's his, what he's thinking about. Yeah. Um. And, and this all, uh, what was the world? I don't know. This all pays off in that Jack looks at his knife, and he has very normal-looking bright red blood, uh, which apparently is the result of a mutation. Um, and he Karkin is the only one of his kind who has this blood color, and he is an outcast as a result. Um, which is also why Karkat, uh, conceals his blood color, uh, in his 
daily life. Um, it, it, it points out that, uh, Karkat kind of, that Karkat views the, his, his planet being covered in red blood as, like, a personal attack on him, which is an interesting angle. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for him, really. Uh, but Jack, uh, as, as a, I guess, symbol of, um, camaraderie, uh, Jack shows him that he bleeds red as well, which leads to this one of the most interesting bonding moments in the comic where they they shake their bloodied hands and um from a bond in their shared blood color. Yes. Uh the I feel like this segment was the the kickstarting point of like one of the more popular AUs in in Homestuck fan fiction. And that would be the Stab Dad AU. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, the uh, <laughs> listener, listeners, if you're if, if, if you're not aware, um, uh, the Stab Dad AU was an AU where uh, the uh, the Midnight Crew and all of the trolls are human, and the 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 Midnight Crew are referred to as the Stab Dads, and they they are the parental figures of the trolls and take care of them. And all the trolls are like younger. They're like, like sometimes they're babies. Sometimes they're just like toddlers. Um, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I want to read about the, I'm sure this is Zeller. I want to read about the struggles of single dad, uh, Jack Noir raising baby car cat. Um, I, I w- I've not been a, like, a big fanfic consumer in a while. A lot of my knowledge of that stuff is, like, ambient. Um, but, you know, as far as your premises go, not bad. Gotta say. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this moment, uh, that they share here. Um, which is kind of weird, because it feels very, it, it's out of nowhere, and I guess it's kind of contrived. Um, but, like... It establishes an insecurity that Carcat has, like a, a real genuine vulnerability that we haven't seen in this, uh, like chronologically yet. Yeah. Like this is the first instance of like a crack in Carcat's armor, I guess. Besides his arguments with Solids. Yeah. Um, it's it's out of nowhere, but in the long run, I think it's good for Carcat because like, uh, having mutant blood, uh, in a society that that is founded entirely on what color your blood is. Uh, and the fact that he says that, like, he's the only one of his kind, uh, de- definitely would be, like, really alienating from a societal mm-hmm. perspective. And having someone with the same blood color, uh, probably good for, like, Karkat's mental health. Probably. He's not alone. Yeah. And it's, it's humanizing to an extent as well, because, like, up to this point, like, his whole drive, his, like, ambition is drive to be the leader. While he's still an asshole about it, like... It has no dimension to it in that he, like, this is in spite of him being, like, it, being a mutant blood. Um, and, like, it, n- nor under normal circumstances, having no real s- stab at being uh, a leader in troll society. Because yeah. if people knew his blood color, he'd be fucking, uh, he would be yeah. cold. Um, yeah. I was also gonna say, like, if you want to start doing, like, a reading of, like, uh, like, a Marxist reading of Homestuck, I guess, um, this would be a pretty good place to start, uh, with, like, 
Carcat finding someone else who like so even even like even though Jack is not a member like of any like Jack's has no like meaningful place in this perspective like Carcat as somebody who was at one of the lowest rungs of society because of like an inherent trait finding someone to like work together with to overthrow an aristocracy yeah. um that's that's the thing yeah. um yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's cool. I, I like that. I like this part. Um, so, Jack and Carcat hatch their plan to, hatch Jack's plan, really, to, uh, to usurp the Black Queen. Um, at which point the comic kind of, like, just short caps the rest of the suburbs, the, the scrub session. Yeah. Um... Having not read ahead past this point in a, in a while, I forget if this is actually like it just does the suburb session here. But like we haven't gotten all the character introductions yet, so I'm I'm gonna assume this is a bit of a forging ahead that's gonna show us here. So it, it describes that the way that they uh, orchestrate this whole thing is that um the the so because the Lucy are normally prototyped with the or the, the sprites normally part of Dead Loose Side of the Trolls, um, the Black Queen would be taking on all the features of all the Lucy, um, save for Aradia's uh, sprite, which was first prototyped with the frog head. Um, the key thing here is that frogs are loathed and extremely illegal and hated in the, uh, I guess, the Medium's universe, um, the universe of Prospect and Durst. Um, and it, 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 they, they are, uh, and, and that this so gets the, to the Black Queen's, uh, vanity that she refuses to wear the ring, um, and puts herself in a position of weakness because she refuses to wear the visage of the frog, um, or, uh, it, it drops a detail about the, the, the patron god that the frogs herald, which is known as, most commonly as Bilious Slick, which is pretty big. Yes. Put a big pin in that. Huge. Big old frog-shaped <laughs> pin. Um, so yeah, so we see the Black Queen take off the ring and keep it in, store it in the vault, uh, when it's only half-prototyped. Yep. Um. Uh, I just want to take a moment, put a little pause on on the actual story bits that are going on right now uh i don't know if you saw this coming of me bringing this up but but uh -oh. man hussy hussy had no right to say the sultry lips of a mother grub might be very might very plausibly suit her no right Hussy, what's going we on, can't man? Keep talking about the Black Queen, it's ruining our show. What's going on, Hussy? You. What's this about a lactating udder? Hey, man. That adds to it. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? My my notes on this page had two words. Wait, no. Three words. <laughs> Sultry lips. Period, and then udder. <laughs> Enough! Enough! It, it, it can't keep happening. It's gonna keep happening. It it won't stop. Hussy's gonna keep giving oh, it my... to me, and I'm gonna keep taking it. <laughs> Hussy, why did you do this? <laughs> stop! Stop this! Stop. Okay, that's it. That's that's our that's our weekly dose of 
Black Queen propaganda. Who's we? Who's our? What? what Who's our? Who's we? Moving on. This is all moving you. On. This is you. This is all moving you on. right now. We're moving on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck me, dude. Um. <laughs> the the, the anyway. Black Queen eventually gets banished. Uh, uh to, yes. to future Alternia as as all exiled, ex- if exiled, will. if you will. Uh, and and Mister Mister Scratch shows up, uh, and gives her a new purpose. And uh, which we already, which we know, already know, she becomes Snowman. Vaguely, I don't think it's ever gonna get like elaborated on. I think I think I'm pretty sure that like this is the last time she shows up, and it's like never brought up again. Are you I'm, sure? I could swear you're wrong. I'm okay. Well, but, Snowman no, definitely know. shows up again, but like the the connective tissue between like Black Queen and like Black Queen and the intermission, I don't think that's ever gonna like. It's I don't I don't think it ever gets elaborated on. Okay, I, I believe that. Um, yeah, but we we don't we've not seen what leads it to that her life is intrinsically linked to the life of the universe. Yeah. Yet. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, we get uh after that we get uh some uh, another like uh reveal that's not really a reveal, which is that the uh the trolls two sessions are in fact one session, um that ties into itself that they tie into each other, um. So even though they had two mystic ruins, um, like two temples, uh, two like connection chains, um, it it it's it's one session with one pair of bosses at the yeah. end. Yeah, I I don't um, know. <laughs> it it feels weird that like Hussey like put all of this stuff in to like make it feel like well try to make it feel like it's supposed to be like a big reveal, and then it's just like not, like I. Even when I read this the first time, like, I never, like, assumed that, like, it was two separate sessions. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it is a little bit silly the way that it's set up. <laughs> like, it, 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 and it's gotta, like, just be by design that it's like this, because, I mean, we already knew from before we even got to Act 5 that the trolls had, you know, one big session with a 12 prototyped uh, boss. Yeah. I mean, I... I, um, I, I I think if, like, Hive Bent were given to us as, like, the way Acts 1 through 4 were, but, like, before Acts 1 through 4, mm-hmm. we, 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 we would probably be like, oh, wow, it's it's one session? Holy moly! But Whoa. that's, that, yeah, yeah, that doesn't happen. <laughs> Hive Bent is, like, definitely cheated a little bit by having to exist at the end, like, after four acts of establishing the game already. Yeah. Uh, with only four players, um, but yeah, uh, who, who's to say how this would have, how this would have been received, uh, if it had time to, like, be its own story that didn't, ar- wasn't already spoiled by the nature of the comic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, whoa, it's the same, yeah, and it's, he's sarcastic about it, too, like, on 2317, he's like, wow, same session all along, really? Huh, like, it's obviously like, oh, yeah, you already knew this. Um... And like, he pretty much just says, like, if this was a more drawn-out story, then you would have 
It was would have been a big reveal than it yeah. is. Um, it, it says Mobius double reach around, which like doesn't really mean anything. Um, besides like just I think uh, Terezi and was it Karkin or Solix who like said this at, like to just to kind of as a general signifier for bullshit. Yeah. The words don't really mean anything in this context. Um, it's like, okay, it's one big session, cool. Mobius double reach awesome. around. Look, look at that. Um, yeah, uh, and then it, 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 the, uh, the, the, the comic signs out, which for, with first pointing out, hey, you haven't met the Aquarius or Pisces trolls yet. What a, what a mystery. And like, hey, we haven't learned anything about Kanaya yet. Uh, that could take forever, and then the reading ends, and, uh, it, 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 it drops off on her. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, I, I was surprised that, um, like, I didn't really think about it until, like, I got to this page, I was like, Kanaya was one of the trolls we got the most dialogue from in Act 4, and, man, it really... We really have to sit through a lot of bullshit from Gamzee and Equius and the like before we get to hear anything from one of the characters that's already been established. Yeah. It happens. Like, yeah, I guess. But now he's something to look forward to next week. Um, Kanaya's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, um, there we go. We, <laughs> we made it through the, the rough patch of Equius bullshit. The first big one. Um, how do you how do you feel? I feel really drained. I I think that for the most part is like uh, the Equius bits. Like we've gotten through the worst parts. I'm pretty sure. I'm like ninety nine percent sure. But uh, besides that, got a lot of interesting bits this week. We got we got some some Vriska insight. Uh, yes. We we got some some lore on like the grander scale. Uh, mm. all in all, pretty 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 enjoyable reading, in my opinion. We were reminded that Beck was a thing, yes. <laughs> and now I am, I'm, I okay, I I'm liking Hyphen. I'm really salty that it 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 showed the whole creation of Beck thing, and it the the comet got really uh radioactive and staticky for a minute, and then it was like okay, here's Hyphen, and I'm like, I want to go back to the Beck stuff. The Beck stuff is like really really fucking weird and cool. But yeah, um, Homestuck. We we broke our pattern for uh, four troll introductions. We we did break our pattern. I wanted I wanted to like keep up with the pattern, but like, oh god, that would be the fucking Titanic episode. Uh, we 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 don't get what like, um, next week's reading, which is like ten pages longer than the ones we've been doing. Uh, it Mm -hmm. ends with the introduction of uh. Aridan and Feffery. So it would have been, like, mm. impossible to, like, reasonably squeeze in, like, four and keep up the pattern. <laughs> we, we definitely would have had, like, a three-hour episode. Yeah. Uh, would would not have been very yeah. fun, either. Um, yeah, I... So I... I'm gonna guess that by what you just said, that by the end of next week, we will wrap up all of our introductions to the uh, yeah. Yeah. Or are you are you gonna leave it? Okay. Okay. We fucking 
We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're um, almost to, like... Hold on, let me... We're getting close to the end of Hive We, we are. Uh, uh, hold on. Let me let me pull up and see how long exactly we have left in Hive Because it might just be one more episode after next week. I might be wrong. Um... At what point in Act Five does or the big walk around flashes? Is that Act Five, Act Two? That's it's a, it's Act Five, two, Act right? Two. That's where we get uh the walk arounds. Well, there's a lot of walk arounds mm-hmm. in general in Act Five, yeah. Act Two. But um yeah, we have maybe like maybe three episodes left. End with another short episode. Probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, exciting. Wow. Um, we're in it. Should we keep using the troll icons after, we, after we're after done with that, or should we break them out for special occasions? I think it would be fun to mix and match. I agree. Depe- depending on the episode. <laughs> we can we can talk about in, that in private. Not not in front of our <laughs> listeners. They, they don't need to know. That's business talk. Yeah, so what So what do you have us lined up to read next week? Uh, I have us lined up to read up to page uh, 2447. Okay. Alright. Um, yeah, I don't, really, I don't really have any more thoughts on this. I think that we... I, I am exhausted. I need, to, I need to get something to drink. I need to lay down. Yeah. Pretty good episode this week. I'm tired. I'm tired of watching Aradia be abused. <laughs> it's terrible. It's fine. It'll end soon. It's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I don't really have a smooth, a, a really smooth way to end this episode. Uh, uh, we're abruptly ending it. Uh, cut the audio. No, we have to. The no, outro. no outro this week. Um, I'm Aiden. That, that's John. <laughs> I'm John. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Alex. (laughs)